0: Well, hello everybody, welcome to a little interview here. This is Billy Rainford. We have got the owner of Gopher Dunes Track here, Derek Schuster. Derek, thanks for uh, stepping away from your busy first day. here. Yeah, thanks for doing this with me, Billy. Yeah, man, so so we're here, we're at, uh, by the way, this is brought to you by Scott Sports Canada and all the great people over there at Mika Sport Canada for uh, everything they do for direct motocross. We thank them very much. But uh, so we're here, we're uh, at opening day 2023 so decided to come on out here. And while we're here, I want to take advantage and uh, talk to someone, so much going on, so much to talk to you about. Uh, I mean, last season for one thing. I mean, your new rider, we got all kinds of stuff going on. But uh, so let's let's talk, how, how is the uh, turnout here, by the way? We're like I say, opening day.
1: Oh, it's busy today. There's a ton of people here. Um, <clears throat> we try to get the news out ahead of time by a couple days to let people know when we're opening. But I'm always trying to wait as long as I can to know that the weather's going to be good and what day I can be open for. So um i think we got about 250 riders or so wow. here today so it's a great turnout
0: nice now it sounds like we're a bit ahead of the rest of the country as well because you hear things about out west they're going to wait till next week maybe and give it a shot the guys kevin tyler up at the they've got a couple feet of snow still they're trying to get through and
1: yeah this is actually a week later than the last couple of years okay. so uh last few years we were able to catch the tail end of march break but a little bit later this year with that uh last uh blast uh winter here in March.
0: All right, well, okay, so like I say, we're doing a little, uh, a little not a really this is your life, but we've got you here, we've got the time, there's, uh, we're kind of at the, the shoulder season of our sport, people are just getting back right. Let's, let's do a quick history here uh, of the team and everything. I mean, everybody knows, obviously, you, the team, the GDR team here and everything, but to, when did that start? And I know we've got some pretty funny stories that happened when you got started, but to, when did that start and why did you make the decision? I mean, there's obviously now a few tracks that have teams. How did that all come about for you, by the way?
1: I guess you could say 2010 uh, is when the team loosely got started in a way and I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say it was a team at that point in time, it was me more or less supporting some riders doing it and it just kind of evolved into a team from there and honestly it wasn't necessarily my game plan from the start, it was just, you know, you start doing something and things kind of snowball from there, right, so we did the Suzuki thing for a couple years and uh, 2012 is when we Made the switch with gopher dunes and with gdr the team uh to honda um right, that, initially it was uh, nathan blast tofer ingles was that your first uh liam o'farrell liam. Actually initially right, right okay that. and then oh, gotcha, uh, right, right. the following season was nathan and uh tofer yeah okay yeah then you went to the um tyler medallion yeah big number 11. yeah so tyler and then uh, nathan actually came back the following year with blake savage and uh those were kind of really when we were building the team and kind of like i guess starting to see the evolution of where we've gotten today um it was a big leap that following year after that adding colton to the fray and and really like becoming a title contender the Uh, the colton years (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it was a run of six years with him and we won three championships with him, came down to the wire for a fourth one, and we uh, started having a lot of our success during that span with Colton, and he's obviously been a big part of our program. He's still a part of it now, on the suspension, chassis side of things, and honestly, just like with- Up those yeah, stairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, everything he does on a race weekend too, right? So he's right. still at the races with the team. He's uh, he's a pretty steady hand to have there for us. So he's he's been a big part of our program now for uh, nine or so years I guess
0: yeah yeah and I think he's gonna be a really big part this year we'll get to that obviously with uh, the new rider you've got here exciting rider I think Colton's influence is gonna really help out for sure but I, I want to talk to you too about this I was mentioning to Emily because we we're out here watching she's like oh, man this is super busy I go yeah the joke is that uh, a lot of tracks don't really want to host the nationals because I don't want to give up the income of a busy rental day right so it's obviously your business is the rentals and then you host a national and then what the heck would make you have a team? I mean, is that just throwing you know, money, you know what I mean? Like, it's obviously passion, but talk about that, the whole, the argument that, that, yeah, you would just have practice days and not hold a national, but you'd love having a national. And I sure. the nicest national.
1: Yeah, um, for us, the national, it's a ton of work, right? And yeah, you are giving up some of that stuff for sure. There's a lot of prep, but I am passionate about racing why the race team's around in the first place
0: is it um, a pack like is that what it is i mean it's got to be a passion yeah program. i mean it's it, not, it, it not like b- tripping over money coming <laughs> in that, <laughs> no. you know what i mean
1: it is a business also for sure right but um it's definitely something that takes up a lot of time and energy and that's why i would say i'm passionate about it because sure. whether it's a business or not if it's taking up a lot of your time and efforts and that kind of thing you you want to make sure it's something you really love and racing and the competitiveness that it brings um is something that i enjoy and i think the guys around here enjoy all as well
0: right exactly i think we were talking uh motocross here i mean that's an industry full of passionate people uh, yeah obviously you wouldn't be doing it if you weren't still passionate about it but uh, you mentioned the, the colton years now um like you said that was was he six would you say six years on the four
1: six years six years for
0: race it. for you some of the highest uh until the next chapter came in but so when you had colton did you were you looking ahead at the next thing obviously because you knew the time would come eventually and now we go from the colton years to the dylan wright years i mean he just came off the perfect season never been done before
1: yeah i mean you are always looking ahead a little bit but when he did first join the team i was hoping that we could have a long run and i didn't know how long he planned to keep racing for at that period of time and you know i'm signing guys for Couple years at a time, you don't know what's going to happen during those couple years either. So you really do got to stay focused in the moment as well, and like making sure that things are as good as absolutely possible if you want a future with that guy as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really important that you know you develop a good relationship with the rider, and everybody's giving it their all—the uh, rider, the staff, us, the sponsors. So there's a lot of work that goes into keeping around a rider long term. Now we've had a couple of guys over the years that have been a part of the team for a long time
0: right it's it's tough too because you've managed to grab the fastest canadian riders i mean that's always a tough thing for canadian teams you want to get the fastest guys if you can support a canadian which is uh, everybody's goal. but there aren't that many to go around so you've been lucky and your program obviously has developed enough would you say uh, the success of the colton years has kept for example honda fox everybody involved in it like seeing the the progression that you do you go after that number one guy obviously
1: yeah i think for sure that um having success it's going to keep people excited whether it's sponsors and other good riders coming to the team and that kind of thing but there's a lot of work to it too like I know when Colton first signed with us he'd come off of a few years of injuries he hadn't won a championship in a few years and we kind of felt like there's some rebuilding that needed to be done there and for myself that was good because the team was building at the time Colton kind of had to rebuild himself a little bit and reinvent himself it's funny to think that now because he ended up winning as many championships with us as he had previously and at that point in time, a lot of people were wondering if he ever could get back to that championship level again. So I think it was a great fit for him at the time with us and where we were wanting to go with the team. And then that leads into Dylan now, right? Like I know everybody's looking at him like he's racking up championships. (laughs) He's the man to beat the perfect season we all talk about, but there was a point in time with him where we had to do some building as well to make him that championship guy. And I don't know if maybe you or a lot of other media people would have believed back in 2017 that um dylan was going to be a three-time 450 champ heading into 2023 here so for us you know there's a lot of believing him we had to do but a lot of work with him as well to help kind of get him to where he is and i give him a ton of credit for the work he's put in to, to get to where he's at and i know he'll say the same thing about the team that he gives us a ton of credit for helping him get there as well
0: Well, it's funny you say that. That's a good segue, actually, to what's happening right this upcoming season because, like you say, Dylan, one of the most exciting as a photographer, videographer guy out there, he was the most exciting guy to watch. Just wide open. He was on 125 still. Just wild. (laughs) Had to calm him down, you know, slow down to go faster or whatever. Now you've got uh, Jake Piccolo coming in. He's a kid that I've watched, well, we've all watched since he was a little kid. And he, he used to win 65 races by a minute and not let off at all. Like, he's a kid that just goes so now you've got kind of that so now it seems strange that Dylan Wright's going to be the guy telling him to here's what we got to do we got to get yeah. you all to work on some things ending up Colton so what is the plan with him I mean we all know the potential that uh, Jake has I mean I see him like sky's the limit for him I would say
1: yeah well first of all I'll back up a little bit here so when <laughs> Dylan joined the team he was like that and what I really liked about Colton was he was kind of this steady person in Dylan's life that he was pretty harsh with him but like also helped guide him and tried to... <laughs> and there he is. <laughs> Colton right there, yeah. <laughs> you know, just kind of help him along the way and show Dylan like what he needed to do to be successful and, you know, there's probably a lot of times that Dylan maybe didn't want to listen to him early on. Very hair uh, alert. slower <laughs> um, overclocked. So, you know, he, it took some time for Dylan to like kind of learn that way and and listen to Colton and actually understand that what he had to say was really beneficial to his own career and a lot of times young guys say that they want to take advice and listen to others but actually saying it and doing it are two different things for sure, for sure. so it took a little bit of time for Dylan to do that but now I see him doing the same thing like I think ma- as long as it's
0: not coming from your dad it works out too
1: so it's good to hear for from sure. a multi-time yeah. champ yeah and it's always it's good too if it's not always coming from myself for either, sure, right for sure um, I don't always want to be that voice in someone's head kind of after them about this and that and everything else so um, I like when we have that 450 guy that can be a veteran and kind of help the younger guys along the way. And I see Dylan doing that now. Like, Perfect. He really started doing that, I noticed, with Ryder the last couple years, and I don't even know if Ryder would know yet how much probably some of these older veteran guys around like Colton and Dylan helped him, and he'll probably realize that at some point later in his career even more so than he does right now. I look at the same thing with Jake. I just spent some time with, uh, Dylan, Jake, in Florida, where they're training, and you know Jake has a ton of natural talent, and I give him a lot of credit. He works hard in the gym and all that kind of stuff, but he's got lots of learning to do, and he has the perfect guy around him to help do that. Dylan is super steady with him, and kind of just makes sure that he's following the program. and They use the same trainer now, so um, I think Jake's got a really good program around him. They use the same trainer, nutritionist. They're using the same on track guy right now. They got the team around them, so. For Jake, it's, I think, a perfect scenario for him to be jumping into.
0: Nice, yeah. we were, I just saw you down there. It was pretty cool to see them. They're obviously getting to see the Lawrence brothers and uh, watching Dylan come back from his, uh, he did all last year, the perfect season, no ACL. So he's got both of them done. He's coming back up to speed. He went and did that uh, day in the dirt for some fun. Yeah. Uh, So the guys are having some fun down there. uh, How's it For sure,
1: I I mean, it's an amazing place for us to be staying right now. Um, Their facility is unreal. you know, We're using the outdoor track, not the Supercross tracks, but they have uh, a little bit of everything there. The outdoor track for us is great because they actually allow it to get really rough. Some places are grooming a little too often for what we're looking for and that kind of thing, but the guys are on it watering and making sure yeah. the track's good, but still safe. Lots of fast guys there for them to be doing their motos with and that kind of thing, so they're, you know, day-to-day they're riding with some fast guys Hunter and Jet they're kind of back and forth between Supercross and outdoors right now so usually there's one of those guys riding Chance Hymas is riding with him every day now that he's kind of made the transition over the outdoors and a few other guys as well so they got some fast company there and it's good for them because you don't necessarily want to just be the fastest guy day in and day out where you're training and um, for those guys you know they got people pushing them every single day for sure
0: for sure and if you're up there close to those guys well then you know you're you're, yep, you're legit sure. you are yeah. like yeah if you are the fastest guy and you're at that track then you're okay yep. if you can be that fast mm-hmm. that'll be okay now um how tough just briefly talk about that i mean it's probably maybe more for you so uh, more so than the riders perhaps but uh letting go of that number one 250 plate rider over to ktm now, now you got jake the year before him was the champ so i mean it's pretty interesting like what, what's that dynamic like and how tough was it to, what happened there like to get to, for a rider to end up at uh, ktm
1: for sure i know it's a common question that gets yeah. asked right i mean we won both championships last year. We got one of the, the guys not coming back to the team this year. So Ryder had been with the team for a few years and I think it's pretty common that he wanted to work his way into getting a ride on a team in the US. And gotcha. we kind of knew that that was kind of the plan after 2022. Um, he kind of had a deal in place for a little bit and I'd been talking with Jacob for a little while to fill that gap for the next few years. and. Um, it didn't end up working out for Ryder. I was kind of already had a deal in place with Jake. We circled back and chatted a little bit, but I think Ryder was looking for something new and refreshing anyways. And I think probably the team was a little bit in some ways as well. So um, we just pretty much, myself and KTM swapped riders. right? Jake's come from KTM to here. Ryder's mm-hmm. going from here to KTM. They're the last two champs in 22 and 21. So. Yeah, a little bit of a swap going on, and I'm sure that um, the KTM guys are super pumped with Ryder, and I'm sure they're gonna be satisfied with him because he is a great kid and he puts in a ton of work. He's got lots of speed, comes from a good family, all that stuff, so it's really good. But we're also super happy with Jake. Um, it's been great having him around. I love the way he fits in with the team. I like his work ethic. He's really you know, mature like
0: too. Stuff. Like if you even look at him, he just looks different now, right? Because he's, he's obviously at that age where he changes. So he's yeah. like, He's looking like a, looking like a grown up. He's looking really fit. He's looking he's looking ready to go. Yeah,
1: he <laughs> he's an interesting person for sure. He comes across very quiet and maybe a little bit shy, maybe even slightly standoffish at times. But as you get to know him, he really opens up. So some days when I'm chatting with him, he almost catches me off guard how That's open funny. he is about things once you get to know him.
0: You kind of went through that with the uh, 6 time.
1: Absolutely. Same kind of thing, right? It yeah, comes I mean, across as pretty quiet. Yeah, you go through some personalities with riders for sure. There's some different ones, right? And um, Dylan, he's a, he's a big personality himself, right? In a completely different way than what Jay right. Colton would be.
0: Right. Okay, now, okay, I got to ask you this a uh, classic question. I have to ask you all these things we've just talked about. What, if you look back, the first thing on the top of your head, what is your proudest moment in all this? Uh,
1: the, the first 450 championships, obviously, okay. a big one. But. The other one would be just the the two seasons that we got the double championships. I think that like Those years it's like your team is firing on all cylinders both classes that kind of thing and I felt like um, Those two years were really special to us. You, you're you walking away with both championships That's what everybody's after mm-hmm. and I yeah, that's always the ultimate goal for us going into the season to to get both at once and capturing both so those are pretty special as well.
0: Okay, now, what would you say to, I mean, obviously Colton with his championships, Dylan with his, uh, last year, the perfect season, we talked about, The uh, obviously with the pandemic years, a little bit watered down, I suppose you could say, I mean, I'm not putting an asterisk by it, don't worry Dylan, I'm not putting that, that's for sure. But uh, this year, is it gonna be, are you guys, I mean, do you like talking about the perfect season? Dylan didn't seem to mind it when I interviewed him down at uh, the Lawrence. Place. Yeah, he, he yeah
1: no, care. no, I mean, like, we tried not to talk about it too, too much. <laughs> um, during the season last year, I will say this: now that the season's over, though, like, I feel a little bit bad for Dylan when we are in Deschambault because he wrapped up the championship around early, and like at the end of the day, the the perfect season did become a focus for us. As much as the championship should be the main focus, like, <laughs> right. I think everybody started thinking like, yeah, the championship, like we're doing that for sure, but like, let's concentrate on making sure we get him this perfect <laughs> season. So. I felt like when it comes to the mechanics, and myself, and the other guys on the team, it was like, we won that championship that day, but we still had work to do. Like, we gotta get through the final round, and everybody wanted to make sure that he got that perfect season. So, looking back on it now, like, we didn't really celebrate at that second, last round. And Dylan says the same thing. He's like- That's funny. He's like, I won that race, but like, I, I won the day. I won the championship that day, and it was like my my focus was like get back to work. During yeah, the off all anybody week. seemed to care yeah, about. right? It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty special for him. I know um, to be able to do that, and I'm just glad that uh, you know we were able to do it. Like Justin, for example, we're sitting in his work bay here right now. Like he he had a lot of pressure on him at the end I of the year, right? So imagine. like everything. Justin been, Petker we're talking about. Yeah, double and triple checked, and you don't like. You don't want to be the person that lets him down. And I mean, the one thing I'll say about Justin, he is unbelievable as a mechanic. Um, He started with the team uh, like over a decade ago, so he was Colton's mechanic for those six years, and now he's been Dylan's for his three, four, fifty years, and I will say he's never had one mechanical DNF during that time, which I think is pretty unreal. And I know it's one of those things you normally don't even want to talk (laughs) about, but I think as much as I don't want to say that, I think it's important to like point that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, just to show how, um, you know, in pressure situation, that kind of stuff, how steady of a person he is, and how big of a benefit to the team he is with that, because um, that's a pretty unbelievable record in itself. I think
0: that is incredible. Now, I, I joked with Dylan. I was like, uh, "Do you want to like maybe like fall in the last lap and just maybe get this?" Over with like so you don't have this pressure <laughs> of this. He didn't. He's like no, I love it. He, he didn't care. He wasn't afraid of the whole. He's not afraid of continuing it into this year. Two years undefeated. Like come on, <laughs> he doesn't. Care. He's going yeah. We'll go yeah, and
1: like right now we kind of like reset. We're like that happened last year, and we're not thinking about continuing the streak anymore. We're just like back a focused championship right, okay. that kind of thing. We'll start at round one and keep building from there and and going after the championship. So like. The, the perfect season to talk like as soon as it was over <laughs> it was awesome that it happened but like there's no more talk of it anymore it's just it's on to the next season of racing and Dylan he thrives under pressure I think um, you hear that a lot the times being thrown around but he's somebody who truly like when the pressure is on him I feel like he's able to um, just really excel and that's something that i give him a ton of credit for because
0: don't see think, that for sure. yeah
1: i don't think when he first joined the team that was the case for him i felt like when you had pressure on him you'd see a crash at a really bad time or throw away a race win here and there and I give him so much credit for being able to not only like turn things around but like just be so good in that situation, like somebody that can excel that sure. much in a pressure situation. Those,
0: those are rare people, man. I, I always tell stories about friends who, you know, whatever pressure times, but he's, he's become the man, you know what I mean? So yeah. once you become the man, it's like, you, in your mind, you're like, no, I, I, I go to the front, that's where I belong, I'm at the front. Yeah. We're seeing that kind of thing play out in the States right now, where there's a bit of a battle going on, but we won't get into that, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting. He Like I say, he's become the man, and now we need to, so, so with Jake, we've got Jake moving in, um, I want to ask you this before we leave uh the dylan talk to dylan mxgp is there is there time in the schedule that maybe he could mess around some things i know he got uh did some pretty cool trips last year
1: yeah for sure um i don't know if we'll hit any mxgps this year you'll see him do a few ama nationals for sure um same with jake so these guys will be doing some international races for sure we'll get to italy there is one gp that we've kind of like eyed up a little bit, but I would say that uh, you can count on us doing the last few AMA rounds and outside of that, everything's up in the air. We did look at doing some Supercross stuff with Jake, but um, ultimately- I've heard he looks great.
0: Jeremy Martin complimented on him on his uh, Supercross skills.
1: and his aggression. Yeah, okay, well that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, he's coming around on it for sure. We're only gonna do it if we felt like super confident that he was good for like the 15 minute main and right. uh, I just felt that maybe he wasn't quite consistent enough for a full race that uh, we didn't want to see anything happen with him. He's new to the team, that kind of thing. So we had him sign up for a couple rounds and just decided to pull the pin on it. And right, say, I thought
0: we were going to see him in Daytona or something for one, I thought, but. Uh,
1: yeah, there's a couple of races we were looking at. Hmm. Realistically, I think the best place for him to start would have been at a futures race. So we we're eyeing up Arlington. Oh, okay. yeah, and. We felt like if that went good, we'd move on to Daytona, but just getting the race bike there ahead of time and all that kind of stuff was moving a little bit slower than I wanted to, um, and I was looking for maybe a little bit more consistency out of his motos on the track, getting ready for him. So we just decided, you know what, like let's, uh, let's just put our focus back on outdoors and our initial task at hand here, and we'll revisit the Supercross stuff next winter. That being said, I feel like he got himself great two months of practice and experience so i would think that next winter he can go back and start building on that further from where he left off this year
0: nice i think people watching this and listening to this are going to be pretty pumped to hear that uh they're on a team where they you guys are happy to have him progress and do some of that stuff and move on to ama supercross too in the winters yeah for sure that's
1: awesome i think we've always been a team that um likes going and doing other rounds like i've I've had Colton do some races before, and sometimes the tricky part is the injury stuff never works out for things. Right. So we've dealt with some stuff here, COVID and stuff like that, that have held us back from doing some, but um, I know two years in a row, we were going to have Dylan do uh, some 450 rounds. One of them actually was gonna be on an American Honda bike. Um, didn't work out because he tore his ACL. So right. that was uh, when
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. I think that's going back to 2021. I don't even remember anymore, but he needs. Right, he was going to, r- yeah, because yeah.
0: Sexton was, yeah, two
1: reason. years in a row he was going to do them where knee injuries held him back, and that's kind of like why we decided that this needs to be done this past winter. So that held him out of doing them this year as well. We just felt like his knees weren't good enough. He was getting married and all that kind of stuff. So I said, let's get them fixed because we're just hanging on getting these races done by a thread, and we need.
0: <laughs> we need your
1: knees to be better where you can have a little bit longer season if you want to be doing these international events. I know Dylan wants to do them, fans of course want to see him do them, but we need him to be healthy enough to do right. them and, and do them properly, so um, if all goes well, we'll be doing a bunch again this year with both guys.
0: Awesome, again I think you're making a lot of people smile hearing that, yeah, that's yeah. cool to hear. Now, okay, so uh, this upcoming season, uh, the guys are down south, they'll be coming home soon. We 450 season, Jess Pettis is back, he's going to be healthy. Uh, Is this gonna be a tougher 450 season for you? Will we get some Americans coming up with the uh, borders opening and stuff like that? And I think the 250 class is gonna be a barn burner too. We got uh, uh, Bogle coming up, added to the top four guys that we've got that are already super fast. This season, what do you think?
1: I think, well, first of all, I'd say that we always look at every new season as like, okay, this is gonna be our toughest one (laughs) yet. Um, And I think it's good to go in with that mentality, right? Like you don't wanna go in thinking like, you're the guy to beat. And I know a lot of people look at Dylan that way, but Every year he kind of is the guy that wants to go in like feeling like, okay, I got something to prove again here. I had this perfect season last year, but yeah, Jess wasn't there. Maybe we're gonna see a better Sean or whoever, right? Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's important for him to look at it that way because I think it helps with focus and that kind of thing. I do think that the 450 class, maybe it's not as deep as the 250 class, but the top end guys are really, really good. So we're definitely, you know, Focused on like getting back to where Dylan needs to be like right at the top top level, and as you said, the 250 class is deep. Like I was looking at it with the guys we were talking about in the shop the other day, and I see that there's seven guys that you can easily count as race winners. Some of those guys um, seven. You've gone to seven, okay? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's how many I think. I mean, okay. there's the two KTM guys. There's there's us. There's a guy Bogle, a Cowie there's Racine at Yamaha, true. Uh, Natsuki true, 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 true. at uh, Cowie, so that's yeah, good seven point. right Yeah, there. Good, good point, okay, okay,
0: yeah, all right. See, it's even better than I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah, no pressure, that's awesome though, but uh, I mean, yeah, What? Um, okay, so are you Gopher Dunes National? Hey, we gave, we gave him Person of the Year last year, by the way, for our, yeah, in our dmx so congratulations <laughs> Thanks on for that. that. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, man, you, obviously, you put in the time, you put in the work, the passion, the stuff you did overseas. Hanging out having coffees and beers over in Italy was kind of cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a good trip for sure, I enjoyed
0: that. <laughs> but uh, is, is the, like I say, the Gopher Jeans National is always a highlight. I mean, the track is notorious, you know, infamous, you want to say, you know, for being the toughest thing on the circuit. Um, will you do a national forever? Like, do you, is it, do you love doing the national?
1: I definitely love doing it, um, again I said it's a ton of work but yeah, I, I enjoy it for sure. We actually just got a new two-year deal so I know that we're doing them for the next couple of years oh, again good. here for sure so um, yeah, it's something we've been doing it since 2005. Uh, we've done it every year since then and I don't see it going anywhere in the near future. I do think it's, you know, I might be biased but I do think it's one of the better events on the series so I yeah, think... I can't, um, I can't argue that I don't think. Yeah, for, For us and for the series, fans, riders, all that kind of stuff, I think it's really cool. I know that, um, yeah, it's definitely deemed as like a really tough event and riders always talk about it. I think it's, you know, it's a mix. It's the sand, the deep sand, how rough it gets. It's always hot and humid here in early July. So it's the time of year that it takes place. And I think that's why it's, um, you know, kind of gets marked as this, you know, extremely tough event to do.
0: Hey, what about some of the uh, criticism, I'll say, about adding all the jumps, building up the hills? I mean, it used to be pretty flat, obviously, with some jumps. Yeah. There's, you, you hear both sides of this. Sometimes you hear people say, eh, it's too jumpy now, all of a sudden. It's sandy and jumpy? Well, I, we'll get Christophe Purcell on the line. Hang on, I got him here <laughs> on that. But no, what do you think of that kind of thing? Are you happy with where the track is? Yeah, you yeah, you think?
1: I mean, I feel like as time goes on and Things evolve, dirt bikes evolve, riding styles evolve, tracks evolve. And I think you know, we're just trying to do what we can to stay with the, the times and what people are looking for. And it really is tough to like try to make one track that is perfect for everybody. And that's why you see us making all these other changes here, right? Like we have our beginner track and our pee track. We've added the GP track, we have the supercross track that we, you know, have had a couple events on and somewhere for people to practice. We have the track on the other side of the property now that we do some events. And I think we're, you know, you're always trying to like make adjustments just to try and find that perfect mix for everybody, for right? Sure. So I think if you look at all of our tracks, they're all three different types of soil and terrain. and Different types of jumps and the style of track, and
0: so don't be scared because there is something for everybody here. You show up on a
1: practice day, exactly. You have your choice. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, I don't like I mean, changing you, tires. I don't like even it. someone like yourself, like I mean, you've told me a bunch that you prefer not to be out on the sand track. You know, I've I, actually been
0: enjoying it when it's not the end of a okay, natural well, day. I actually
1: don't mind it. Okay, got it. But yeah. I've also seen you spending a bunch of time here on the GP track now, right? And even myself, <laughs> like I don't ride very often anymore. My preference is to go ride the GP track as opposed to the sand track. I will ride both, but. Nice. Um, I think that's a prime example of just having a little bit to, to offer for everybody.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like you say, you gotta change the times, trying to keep in, the fact yeah. that you have so many different options. And there's trails even too, when those are open, those are those are a blast. Three trails that are long, I mean, yeah. lots of good stuff. All right, Derek, anything else you wanna mention? I mean, we, we covered a lot of ground there. That's awesome, I'm glad. Yeah, did. no,
1: I think we everybody covered everything. The- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, you told me you wanted, you had some stories you wanted to ask me about. We got some good travel stories. Oh,
0: I, well, we we, we we passed those stories back in the day with the van. I drove, the first year you had a team vehicle Technically, yeah i drove it was a savannah van a safari van
1: yeah we had uh, oh my god all right the rig that we were using was already at west so you took all my equipment for me out and uh just and, like a and that was the out. first
0: year um scott gave me a bike to ride too okay i had to put
1: it <laughs> literally there was like this much room at the top of that <laughs> van. remember we slid the yeah. bike up. the yeah, top yeah our, our, our bikes parts, race, fuels, you oh got it God. all for us and. Uh, oh yeah,
0: because you know we had to meet the guys to go over to Nanaimo at, yeah, the, at the ferry. Exactly. Oh man, that was, Yeah. and then I took your, uh, the big U-Haul converted yep, the, thing out there. yeah. yep, yep. And that, that I, the steering one. I'm coming down Washington State, two in the morning, I should have been pulled over, the steering goes. I'm coming, fly- it's raining. I'm coming, flying down the hill. Yeah, I think a
1: power steering pump or something yeah. like, like that. Yeah. I'm like
0: coming down this mountain <laughs> pass just, oh my God, it was a, uh, Derek. I've been yeah, riding.
1: like for me, those are such funny. I mean, we could go on for hours <laughs> yeah, about the stories from those yeah. years, but I really like them now because for myself, looking back on those years, that's when. You know, the team had next to no budget. We were running like a really small operation and we were trying to build and transform it into something bigger, of course, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly where it would go at that point, but um, I will say that like some of our most fun times with the team came from those years, right? We were just running on a shoestring budget and trying to make things work and Mm -hmm. trying to find riders that would come ride for the team and all that kind of stuff, but it definitely created some memories for a lifetime. Like
0: tossing the bottle.
1: Yeah, yep. (laughs) He was right; it did click. So uh, I guess
0: when we went over the time limit for the uh, the Canon camera to shut off. Uh, I thought, uh, "Are you still watching?" It came on the <laughs> Netflix thing came up. But okay, Derek, I, I appreciate the time. I mean, obviously, there's tons of people out there right now. Uh, I was going to bring my bike, and then it's like it's, it's been sitting over the winter, um, and I I had to do so. I had to oil the chain. It was way too much work to do before I came out and rode it. But uh, so I'll come out. Obviously, we have to get both of us out there on the track yeah. again. That was fun. When we did that. Um, I just want hey, thanks to Scott Sports Canada for the support of uh, Direct Motocross, uh, Mika can Sport Canada. So thanks, guys. Uh, anything you want to say to finish this up, Derek? You want to thank some sponsors? You want to... Uh... You know
1: what? I, I just want to thank you for um, taking the time to come out here and be covering the sport always and um, I just, you know, you the, taking the time out of your day to come out and check out our <laughs> opening day and doing this interview. Um, also the staff around here. Um, Everybody has been working super hard to get things ready to go for today. Um, it's Good been a girlfriend. grind. <laughs> it's been a grind this week, right? So everybody from the mechanics in the shop, Zach outside, um, the people in the front, everybody has been working super hard. so I appreciate the patience of everybody coming out as we had long lineups this morning for sign in and all that, but definitely want to thank the staff here. They've been awesome.
0: All right, hey, well, thank you very much, Derek, for the time. Thanks everybody. That's uh, Derek Schuster from uh, Gopher Dunes team here. Thanks for watching. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Billy. He didn't even mention it was my birthday. Oh, yeah. What the hell?